How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to 19 Year Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. Hope your summer's going well. You know, we are seeing the COVID restrictions are starting to loosen up. It's really weird, you know, learning to be normal again. But today I'm gonna share with you how I've been handling and struggling with this transition and how we can be the happiest and most productive as things start to open up. But this is a no means saying that COVID is over because there are definitely people still out there that are really struggling and dying from this disease. The job here today is just to recognize how our lifestyle can keep all the adjustments we've made in quarantine and combine them with all the fun we can have as things start to open up. And this episode was strategically placed <laughs> because I'm a college kid and in a month we'll be going back to school and we need a game plan so we can be successful for this transition. And we're going to start with the weird stuff because there's plenty of it. You know, I had a whole system this year that really had some great advantages for me. We all got those people that we run into on campus or at work and we're like, I don't know what to talk about with them. And when we see them, we try and walk in the opposite direction, maybe even run. But now having the masks, it changed everything. So I used to wear my hat backwards all the time freshman year, but this year I just started putting my hood up. And not only would I have the hood up, but you pair that with sunglasses and a mask, forget it. Nobody's noticing you and you can walk right by them and they won't think for a second that it's you. I know I might seem like an extrovert, but <laughs> that's not always the case. And there are times I just like chilling and having my space and I don't want to run into anybody. And I love that system. Eventually though, you're going to have to socialize with people. And I've seen more awkward handshake hug encounters as things have opened up than ever before in my life. You go up to a person now and you're like, do I shake? Do I hug? Do I fist bump? What's the deal? And that's where you fall into that horribly, horribly awkward middle ground between like a handshake and a hug. And you're both thinking the exact same thing. Get me the hell out of here. But as time goes on, don't you worry, that awkwardness will subside and your minds will ultimately be in sync where you know when to hug or when to handshake. And there's also like those social protocols I had for myself that I've been reminded of that still exist. <laughs> Another one, before COVID, when I visited my friends and their families, and I love going over to their house. But let's say they have you over for dinner and then you're really tired after eating. But I would never leave right after because I didn't want to come off as an ass who only came over for the food, even if that wasn't the case. So I'd always hang out like an extra 15 to 30 minutes just so it didn't come off that way. And when I was finally able to go back over to my friend's house to have dinner with his family, I left immediately after dinner because I was really tired. And then I was like, oh shoot, I used to have this in place. So it's a stupid example, but just to give you a little context that things are kind of changing and there's a lot of norms I set for myself that I completely forgot about. Now, one of the bigger things for me that I've struggled with during this transition is that I've noticed at times, which might seem surprising, but once we're on the road going to work, seeing friends, being out and about more, my anxiety began to come back. So I mentioned to you how it felt like a legit rock <laughs> in the middle of my chest when I was experiencing anxiety. And I think the reason is we have more outlets for comparison once we're back in the real world dealing with a variety of different people. So what do I mean by that? Sometimes when you talk to someone or you're in a room with people, for me, I start comparing myself to them and start thinking, oh, they're better than me. And I start finding all this external evidence to support that. If I'm at work and they're understanding something more than me, or more people are talking to my friend than they are talking to me, my mind goes in so many different directions and starts coming up with these stories surrounding it. And we've discussed how an environment signals a specific emotion or action and that's exactly what's going on here. So I started this journey, quote unquote, during the pandemic, 
and the circumstances of COVID because I wanted to get rid of that anxiety and it started working. And I had a lot of anxiety before that. And that was a different environment because I was surrounded by so many different people. Like I'm starting to become reacquainted with now. And since we're returning to this sort of environment, my body is remembering and associating this with my anxiety. My body's tricking my mind into the past and that's where I'm living. And what to do in these situations, what really helps me out is zooming out of your problems from your own lens. And by doing this, I become the conscious observer of them instead of being the victim of whatever anxieties I'm experiencing. And oftentimes, if we zoom out far enough, we realize that they're not as big as we really thought. There really is nothing outside of me that's threatening me. It's simply the association with the past that that external environment is bringing. Simply because I'm back out in the open with so many people and that reminds me of a time when I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and it's triggering that same emotion. And what you could do here is use time to your advantage. Recognize, okay, I did all this great work over quarantine. I adopted all these good habits. So my new identity is stronger than whatever external environment I used to be victim to. And I know I've brought up Joe Dispenza multiple times, but he said, you can work on all this in meditation, but eventually you got to go back out into the real world, which is filled with those reaction triggering things. And that's what we're facing right now. As things start to open up, we're slowly going back to quote unquote game time. And we need to use what we've learned inside out there. Now, this definitely might not be the case for every single person. <laughs> you might be an extrovert who's thriving now because they can see the people they haven't seen in a while. And that energizes you. What this is, is it's just an example of an awareness that I've developed over this time that I've seen in so many other people as well. I wouldn't have been able to realize that anxiety if it wasn't for that time spent on my own during COVID. And I think that's a real advantage this time has provided for us, that we've all become more self-aware of what we want for our lives and also of how we feel. The reason being that we've spent so much time on our own that all of our thoughts have become magnified and we are also just learning to adapt and make ourselves happy with the given circumstances. And for many people, they're realizing what things they want in their life and how they want to feel. So time's flown by. And in my opinion, people with jobs they aren't happy with are realizing life's too short and they need to spend it doing something more fulfilling. And this is what they're able to recognize more clearly as things open up. My anxiety that I began to become familiar with again has proved to me that those techniques I started to use in quarantine were effective and necessary. People who have been home may have realized that the time with the family is really important to them and that they need to do something better with their life. So now the fundamental question is, how do we take those realizations that we had in quarantine and apply them to this new environment with more distractions? But first, I think it's important to start with a situation that I and others have been dealing with as things have been opening up so we can have more of a concrete plan of action. And one is the impact travel time has had on the amount of work we can get done. And this hasn't been the experience for every single person because some people are still remote, but a lot of people have been going back to the office. So during quarantine and the online work environment, I'll give you a hypothetical situation that happened for me. Every morning I do about an hour of like self-work, <laughs> usually meditating, listening to a podcast, journaling. So I would start work at 9 a.m. on Zoom. I'd wake up at maybe 7.45 and I would hop in the freezing cold shower and I would do this every day. I've never talked about this, but the reason I do this is because when you wake up in the morning, the last thing you want to do is hop in freezing cold water because it sucks. And it's not like that became more enjoyable for me each day I did it. No, it still sucked. <laughs> 
But by doing that, I immediately started the day off doing something difficult that benefited me in the long run by me being more awake and refreshed, although it sucked in the short term. So I'm done with that at 7.50. Then I have 15 minutes of meditating, 8.05. Next, journal for 15 minutes, 8.20. Listen to a podcast for, let's say, 30 minutes, 8.50. Quick breakfast, now it's 9 o'clock. And then I hop on Zoom for work. Now, if I had that same routine now when things went in person after breakfast, I'd still have to get ready, make lunch, and drive to work, which was 30 minutes away. So commuting really does factor in productivity. Now, here's a hypothetical way to adjust that if your work's allowing you to be back in person. So you have to be at work at 9 a.m. And for me, asking yourself to wake up an hour earlier could be tough, especially for a college-age kid. So here we go. Wake up at 7.45, same time. Then you got the cold shower, so now it's 7.50. Next, meditation again, very important. As I mentioned, a lot of the times we wake up and just start thinking about our problems. And if we go to work or go to class, holding on to those problems, our entire day will be affected by that. So keeping that in the schedule is very important. Now, instead of journaling, we get dressed. Now it's 8.20. Then we have a quick breakfast, make the lunch. Now it's 8.30. Drive to work. It's nine o'clock, we start our day. But here's some ways to continue to incorporate that podcast and that journaling that you missed out on in that new routine. So that 30 minute drive to work can now become the 30 minute podcast you listen to. Wouldn't suggest journaling during that time for obvious reasons. And with journaling, you could move that to the night prior because that'll focus your attention on the important tasks of the next day. So when we go to bed, we take with us the experiences of the day. And if we write down the three things we need to do for the next day and also a vision we have for it, we're subconsciously putting that structure into our mind. And that way when we wake up, we already have a clear direction for the tasks of the day. Now I totally understand that COVID has changed a lot of systems we had in place and some people may have shifted to doing a lot of remote work and prefer it that way. So this might not apply to every single person, but eventually you might have those times where instead of watching a sporting event on TV, you drive to the game or you go out and do things that are a long drive away and you want to stay productive like you did during COVID. So my main advice, which is something I'm still learning to do, <laughs> I'm not perfect at this, is configuring your schedule and finding those times where you could kill two birds with one stone. And that's where you can do what I mentioned in earlier episodes, asking the right questions. So ask yourself, where should I put this in the schedule so I can still benefit and also enjoy the freedom of things opening up. And what's been working for me is having tentative parts of my schedule. So this is inevitably going to happen. You're gonna get texts from your friends saying, do you wanna go do this or do you wanna go do that? Or do you wanna go get something to eat? And of course you're going to want to, <laughs> that's understandable. Honestly, like I want these next two years of college to be the best two years of my life, as anybody would. And being able to drop things and say, let's do that and have a hell of a time with your friends is really important to me. But you also want to maintain your diet, stay productive, and feel like you're following through on your schedule. And what I do now is I anticipate that those events are going to happen. So you can separate your schedule into three different categories. This is what I do. So you have the non-negotiables, then the important but movable, and then lastly, you have the fun, the fun activities. So if a friend or family member calls me up and wants to do something during one of those important but movable times, I still can go hang out with them but I have to find another time in that day to make up for it. So if you choose to hang out with your friends on a Tuesday during a time where you had to get something important done, the time you left at night for an hour of TV becomes that time you do that important thing. 
because for me, hanging out with my friends is much more fun than watching TV for an hour, but also completing my required tasks for the day is really important as well. Because if we have something put in the schedule that's important but movable and things keep coming up with friends during that time and we don't find a time to make up for that, we don't feel great about that. For me, it just doesn't feel good when I don't make up for something after hanging out with my friends. And during this year of quarantining, I didn't really have to worry about it too much because everything between friends was planned a lot of the time and I could design my schedule and not have too many hiccups. But now it's inevitable that things are going to come up. And if we approach our schedule expecting those distractions to come up and have a system to not blow off but make up for them, we can not only have a good time with our friends and take advantage of the lessened restrictions, but we can continue to feel the structure we felt during quarantine. Another thing that I've noticed I'm doing more of is eating out a lot more. Again, (laughs) your friends want to go out to eat and you don't want to be the guy who ate his ham sandwich from home when everyone was going crazy with 15 wings and fries. I definitely don't. But it goes back to the plan. So let's say you go into your day and you're like, okay, I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast, a healthy lunch, and we'll order pizza for dinner. I get one unhealthy meal for the day. But your friend texts you and they say, let's go get ramen, let's go get wings, whatever. By you telling yourself at the start of the day that you can have one unhealthy meal for the day, you can still go out and eat with your friends, but since you made that promise to yourself, you won't be having pizza for dinner that night. If you become really structured during quarantine like myself, (laughs) maybe almost even too structured, you might have the urge to keep that going and just ignore those requests from your friends and stay committed to what you've been committed to. But this way I discuss can be just as effective for you. Instead of having that quote unquote steady structure of quarantine, You have that shifting structure of daily life now where you can have the same plan and approach but an understanding and anticipation that things in your plan are going to change and you have the spots in your schedule that can change so you can get the best of both worlds. Where you enjoyed the things that you missed over quarantine and maximize the things that you gained over quarantine. And as you continue to approach this opening world, remember, having a fun time and spending time with the people you love and enjoying that like spontaneity of life is just as important as anything I discuss out there. Relationships are what energize people and this time away does not need to be seen as a disadvantage where we have all those awkward encounters like I mentioned in the beginning, but can be seen as a time that allowed us to have much more self-awareness where we can anticipate instead of react to the things life throws at us. Hope you all enjoyed the talk today. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review to 19-Year-Old Shrink and follow me on Instagram at 19-Year-Old Shrink Podcast and hope you have a great rest of your day, everybody. Take care.